Welcome to Stoner Chicks Podcast, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. My name's Grace Penzel. My name's Kayla Teal. My name's Phoebe Richards. And I just drank a whole Frosty from Wendy's. <laughs> we're in a mood. You know how sometimes we're just like in a mood? We're feeling, a, what are we feeling, Grace? Zooped as heck. We're we're zooped as heck and zooped as heck and ready to go, we think. Ready to go. And look, <laughs> the water's fine. Come on in. Let's get into this. You know what I mean? Well, you know what? I think like we have to be real here. I know. And if this episode's out, it is officially summer. And so you know what time it is? Stoner Movie Book Club Summer Series. Oh, that's right. It's the summer series of Stoner Movie Book Club. Yeah, we announced it a couple of weeks ago and we watched our first movie of the series and it was 1995's Friday, Friday, Friday. Oh, I don't know why I sang that song. That made zero sense. And you sang it, sang it to the tune of Baby, of yeah. Baby by Justin Bieber. <laughs> Did you know that Rebecca Blap? Yeah, there's a book. There's a song called Friday by Rebecca Black. No, that's what I meant to sing. And as soon as I started I know. singing it, I was like, this is a Justin Bieber song. <laughs> that, this is what we mean by zooped as heck, oh, listeners. Just honestly, let's embrace the chaos. I'm embracing my white girl roots and I just sing <laughs> Friday by Justin Bieber. We've got this. Did you know that Rebecca Blapp is Blapp? kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Her last name is Blapp? Have I been saying it wrong? <laughs> no. I was doing a callback to something I did like 30 seconds to a minute ago. But it's but you missed it because it's the chaos and we're embracing it, baby. All I wanted to say is that Rebecca Black is actually kind of now like an alt music. Like Rebecca Black is like cool, I guess. She's oh, yeah. been like touring with Man Man and shit. So And she's queer. And she's like cool and like Oh. Wonderful. Speaking of which, happy fucking Pride, everybody. <laughs> happy Pride. This, this was the <laughs> weirdest intro into a segment ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last day of Pride this episode comes out. So honestly, I forgot that we were in a segment. Phoebe, please. <laughs> well, Stoner Movie Book Club Summer Series. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, it's the one of eight of our summer series where we're doing some classic stoner comedies. And we started with 1995's Friday. And I'm going to quickly read us the description on IMDb. It is Friday and Craig Jones is unemployed, having been fired yesterday. This has led to trouble with Smokey, played by Chris Tucker's supplier, Big Worm, who now wants his money or his product back. Or, Smokey is a dead man. Then there's Debo, the local bully, plus Craig's jealous, psychotic girlfriend, Joey. Ay, ay, ay. Debbie, the neighbor Craig has a crush on. A lot can happen while lounging around your house on a Friday. Joey's the name of the girlfriend? I thought it was Joy. Joy. Okay, it's spelled J-O-I, and I had a moment of going, is that pronounced Joey or Joy? Because I couldn't remember. <laughs> Joy, oh, played no. by Paula Jai Parker. I really enjoyed her in this movie. And Debbie, played by Nia Long. We're going to go with names. So yes, we watched Friday, which I'm pretty sure I have seen parts of, like high 
in high school, like stoned on couches because I very much remembered certain parts, but I huge chunks of the movie was like, I don't think I've ever seen this before. Sure. So you were probably watching it in a social setting. Yeah. And I had never seen it. And Phoebe and I watched it over the phone together. Mm -hmm. We were on the phone together watching it. So that was a fun experience to have. And you, Kayla? I watched it alone. (laughs) 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 But I have been really curious to hear to what degree the misogyny in this movie bothered you two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like to start off at the bat by saying I love Ice Cube. Me too. I really just enjoy him. And it was a delight to have him as an anchor in the storm in this wild movie. What about Chris Tucker? Are you guys fans of Chris Tucker? Yeah, I don't. Now he's really religious. I haven't really followed up on him. I don't know why I started there. I used to. I had a big crush on him at the time. Like he was like, I mean, he wasn't one of my top crushes, but I remember like at the time in that time period thinking he was really cute and funny like that. I mean, yeah, he was at the top of his game, like comedy actor. I felt like I could be wrong about this, but I don't think I am. I felt like one of my comedy heroes from childhood, Kel Mitchell, must have absolutely looked up to Chris Tucker in the 90s when he was becoming a comedy actor. Mm Because I just saw so many similarities in their comedy. And also, because we usually mention it didn't, it's actually written by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh who is in the movie. Yeah, he plays Red, right? Yes. Which and then one's... it's directed by F. Gary Gray. Just want to call all those people out. You're asking who he played. DJ Pooh played the, I think it's the, the friend that gets like, sort of is being bullied by the big bully and they gets his necklace stolen. Oh, he's my favorite. And originally he wanted to play the other lead, Smokey, but they wanted to get a bigger name. Gotcha. That's a great... Great sacrifice to make for your own art, because Chris Tucker nails this role. Um, Phoebe, you want to tell us what the movie's about? Sure, above what I read. It's about, it, like, go beyond what IMDb says. It's about, yeah, it's so Ice Cube, who's just been fired. It's sort of like takes place all in one afternoon slash evening, a Friday. And it's two friends played by Ice Cube and Chris Tucker, who we've been mentioning, mostly hanging out like on a porch and interacting with people in their neighborhood. And the thing is, is that Ice Cube doesn't smoke weed. Right. And Chris Tucker very much does. And so I want to say the first like half of the movie is Chris Tucker trying to get him to smoke pot. And then the second half of the movie is he has smoked pot because they do. And I do like that smoking scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does finally smoke pot. Yeah, I will say in general, I didn't find it as much of a stoner comedy as I think I was expecting. No, absolutely not. But it is very much considered a stoner comedy. And one thing I do want to call off at the top, because I do think once I get into it, I have more criticisms of the movie. But just as far as, I mean, it was indie movie that took off huge, did pretty well in the box office, did insanely well on video. And it really is like the first successful black stoner comedy and then many followed it so it was sort of a pioneer as far as like how would you call that like allowing like people being like oh we can show black people smoking weed and take it funny and studios Mm -hmm. started letting there be more so that's a cool thing about it yeah absolutely while i was watching i was wondering like where this was shot i was like i wonder if i could just drive to the friday house right now and drive by it 
And it was about an hour with traffic. <laughs> but it was filmed in the West Athens neighborhood of L.A., which is kind of like South Central L.A. Mm-hmm. And it very much, it came out right in the wake of like the big movies of like Boys in the Hood. Oh, and I think there was another one that were obviously much more serious movies. So I think at the time, just when I was reading up on it and kind of trying to find like what was the reaction of like Black Americans to the movie a lot. I think there was a lot of relief of like, while it still sort of dealt with heavy topics, that it wasn't just watching the heavy handed showing the Black neighborhood and all the violence. Like it's also a funny movie and a little more lighthearted. Yeah, absolutely. And other big names in the movie, Regina King, mm-hmm. Bernie Mac. Great to see Bernie Mac. Yeah, he played the reverend that <laughs> is sleeping around with the women in the community. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we can now, if we want, we can circle back to Kayla's first question, which was, did the misogyny bother us? And surely it did. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be every single one of the movies in the summer series, though. The part that I was the most unable to just accept was the fat joke of the female. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's really bad. And her her having a shaved head, too. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like that either. That because it didn't. At least some of the other treatment, however you want to put it, what could be called misogyny, the treatment of female characters often felt a little more complex or layered or at least playing into characters and stuff. And then, yeah, there's this one female character that shows up that Chris Tucker has been like set up with. And then she's fat and also has a shaved head. And there's just it's like the whole it's not even like funny jokes. It's not even jokes. It's literally just like, oh, she's fat. Like it's so it's so mean. And like all that I could say to Phoebe is like, That person is hot. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Like such a beautiful, hot woman. And the whole joke is like, she looks different than what would be conventionally attractive to him or whatever. So anyway, over it. We're over that. But this movie reminded me about the role that women mostly played in original stoner comedies, which is they're almost always anti-weed. There's always a girlfriend that's like mad at the lead or women surrounding them who don't want them to be smoking. And so they have to like skirt it around them and stuff like that. Like it's I think one of the original Cheech and Chong movies did have one girl stoner in it. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) but like most of them don't. In terms of what I found hard about challenging for me personally was I felt like it was kind of more violent than I was expecting it to be. Just like there at a certain point, they're really getting like shot at by automatic weapons. And like there's the guy yeah, who goes around the neighborhood, like beating people up. And at the end, like he's even like beating up this woman and he's just like scary, but yeah. Well, just wait till we get to Pineapple Express while done funnier. That is one of the most violent comedies I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a movie I've seen many times and I'm prepared for those scenes. But also something that I wasn't crazy about was like the dad was so weird and it was like just so many shitting jokes and like (laughs) I okay so like this is this is my take this is how I feel my perspective like I feel like in theory like poo poo pee pee humor is very funny to me you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like being like poop is like kind of funny but like when it comes down to it actually show it depicting or talking about 
pooping or poop smell or whatever. I'm just like, it's not funny to me. I don't find it humorous necessarily. So there was a lot of that on several, like long scenes about poop. So not <laughs> not for me. Also, I feel like the third act lagged and was in a different movie than the first two acts. Sure. Well, they they used a really common stoner movie comedy plot device, which is the main characters like owe money to a drug dealer. Like that's kind of, I think we'll find a common thread where at least the drug dealer character is definitely a common thread. There's a lot of drug dealer scenes in these OG stoner comedies. But back to the gunfire, I feel like cult collectively as a culture, we used to like enjoy gunfire in movies. And I think now it's just not fun anymore. I watched Die Hard for the first time last year, a movie everyone loves. And I didn't like it. And I think it was because it was my first time seeing through. I'm in my 30s, so I don't have that emotional attachment. But I was like, damn, this is just a lot of men with guns. And I'm not into it. (laughs) Jeff showed me a couple nights ago, 1995, I think, GoldenEye, the James Bond movie with Pierce Brosnan. And it was so fucking violent. And like, yeah, seeing people get massacred is not cool to me. I just don't. I mean, it's not pleasurable. You don't see anyone get massacred in Friday. I do think, I oh, mean, no. those are action movies. So a part, a tiny part of me is laughing a little inside at you two, being like, oh, they're just, I, I do understand what you're saying, but those are very <laughs> in the genre of they are violent movies. I know, <laughs> Die Hard is, is about terrorists and a bunch of people dying. But I mean, the Friday, it is a little more shocking, maybe because it's going into it, we're just expecting a comedy. And then halfway through, there's like this whole very serious scene where Ice Cube's father is telling him how like gun violence is not, or, didn't say gun violence, but a gun is not the solution if you need to use, be a man and use your hands. And then, then towards the end, there's like a very dramatic, really big gunfight where they, there's like a drive-by. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to comment on because, I mean, it's obviously taking place and, I mean, shootings like that were a big thing at the right. time. I don't know. No, no. And I'm not criticizing it at yeah. all for that. I just like... Me personally, as a person who Mm -hmm. doesn't enjoy violence, that was something that wasn't for me necessarily. Yeah, it was shocking. I did think as I was watching it, like, oh, yeah, that is just sometimes the reality of living, I don't know, in a poor black neighborhood. So I was a little thrown, though, in the scene because like in that scene, there's like I think it's the main characters like are running and like these guys drive by and do basically like, yeah, like a drive by. There's tons of shooting. And then like the whole neighborhood comes out and then they all just have this scene where I was like, where did that shooting happen? Like, was that just right where they are? And now everyone is outside completely focused on something else. Anyway, it just I was a little like it seemed like a huge shooting. And then it just seemed like two seconds later, everyone else was just outside, distracted, not really paying attention to it. Yeah. Oh, I very much enjoyed Hector, who would come around in the lowrider. I just enjoyed all of the lowrider scenes, including the like flashback to when he did PCP. That was one of my more preferred like flashback scene. Yes. I also really like the kid that kept knocking over the garbage can. There's like this 12 year old kid that's always hassling them by like knocking over the garbage cans. But then like towards the end, they 
beat him up. And I was like, wait, they're beating up a 12-year-old kid right now. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I, I thought that kid was funny because of how when he would be like running away on his bike, he'd be like, ah, ah, save me. And then when his boys would join him, he'd just be like, suckers. Like, <laughs> he was so cute. And Phoebe, I don't think there shouldn't be violence in movies or that there's a problem with violence in movies. I'm not even someone that's like easily squicked out by anything. It's just that because there's so much gun violence in the news that Mm -hmm. has become something that I just want to like escape from when I'm watching movies. You know what I mean? Totally understand. Speaking of escaping, we are going to take we're going to escape this right now just for a quick little smoke break. (laughs) So, and as we go into our smoke break, we're going to hear from the missing stoner chick, Stephanie Thompson. Here's her opinion. Stoner chick Stephanie here with my review of Friday. I just watched it, so it is fresh on my brain. I actually don't think I have ever seen this movie. I thought I had, but I didn't. And, um, or if I did, I don't remember it. But anywho, so it felt like I was watching a new movie and I actually really liked it. I love Chris Tucker. I think he's a great actor. Thought the characters and the world building was really great. Just you felt like you knew that neighborhood and you knew every neighbor, even though they were very kooky characters. I enjoyed the film. As far as the weed smoking goes, I liked the scene where Ice Cube gets high for the first time, or maybe not the first time, but he doesn't really smoke weed and he kind of has to like focus and he, but it's not played too goofily. It's actually done like, I think kind of realistically. So I like that. I tried to keep this around a minute. So I'm going to give you my bong ratings. I'm going to give this, I don't know, I enjoyed it. So Four, four bongs out of five bongs. Four bong rating for me on Friday. Welcome back from your smoke break, stoners. We're over here zooped as heck, and it's, uh, (laughs) we're only zooping more. Phoebe is currently choking on a bong. (laughs) I'm deep throating it. That was Um, like a a Betsy Sidaro, Chris Red level cough. (laughs) Well, it's perfect because we're talking about the movie Friday. Yeah, we're embracing the chaos. I don't think there's any bongs in Friday. There's no bongs, only joints, which is lovely. No bongs, only joints. And we love a joint. So I thought one thing we touched on this, we should keep a count during the summer series of how many female identifying characters smoke weed. And in Friday, we're at zero. We're at zero so far. Really? No one? No, I guess that's not true. That's not true. There's like at least four. Yeah, I think. But yes, as far as female identifying characters, we're at a zero so far. Speaking of female identifying characters, I really did enjoy Joy, the girlfriend. Like I, even though she was playing kind of a tired trope of like the girlfriend that doesn't want you to smoke weed or that gives you a hard time or whatever, I felt like that actor was playing the hell out of that character and was really having a blast playing it. And I enjoyed watching her. She was locked in for sure. Mm -hmm. I like that Kayla and you, I mean that, well, 
I mean this makes it seem like I don't, but to say that, I feel like you watch performances and then you see comedic performances you really like, and then you like really click into them. And I like that about you. Thank you. And I really clicked into joy. Yeah. Well, should we give it some bong ratings? Yeah. How do we even do it with the summer series? The same as always? (laughs) I mean, if we just want to change what we call it, it could be like, how many sitting in the sun puffs? Mm. I don't like that at all. (laughs) Water bong rips? (laughs) Or like tokes? Something like that. Five out of five tokes. That's what you give it? Oh, no. In fact, I don't know. Are we rating it? Because we normally rate it on like, okay, how they treat weed and if it's a stoner comedy. But these are all going to be stoner comedies, right? And if we like it. And if we like it. Yeah. Oh, you know, one big thing we didn't mention, I will say that this is the creation of the term by Felicia is in the movie Friday. Which I thought was so... Fun fact. I thought it was so weird how how it was just like a throwaway line. Like it wasn't even right? like a comedic moment, really. But it caught on. Like that was one of the most quoted things from that movie. I wonder, so it has two sequels and I wonder if maybe they like... Bring Felicia back so they can bring say it goodbye back some more. And it's even bigger. Yeah, I don't know. Chris Tucker does not come back for either of the sequels, though. Oh, why? He became religious and he no longer wanted to smoke weed or swear in film. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay, sorry, I derailed the bong rating. So yeah, tokes, the toke rating, five tokes. Okay, I guess what I'll do for myself, I see what you're saying, Kayla. I'm just going to rate it on my thoughts of it as a stoner comedy, but I'm going to have the summer series toke rating exist as their own, and I'm not going to really think about all the other movies we've watched and how I rate those, if that makes sense. I'm rating it as Friday from our summer series as a stoner movie. I'm going to give it... 2.4 2.4 tokes out of five. Wow. All right, dude. I was going to say three tokes out of five tokes. And I'll go for around three out of five tokes as well, dude. <laughs> well, now I wish I had done that. I think for me, it's like Grace said, I almost wish it had just the whole movie had been them on the porch and just more neighborhood drama going on. The neighborhood drama was fun. I really didn't. I wasn't attached to it at all for like basically the last third of the movie. I was just like, when is this going to end? I don't understand why any of this is happening. Yeah. And while I was rooting for the lead, I just personally never really care about the whole become a man fight. That's just boring to me. And that's kind of the ending of the movie. So, oh, yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of punching at the end. (laughs) A lot. I can think of nothing I relate to less. Yeah. (laughs) But very charming leads. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Three out of five. I'll stick with it. Whatever. I'm going to go all the way up to 2.5. <laughs> to make later nice. when we have all to right. average them all out easier. And now we will move on to something else. Grace? Grace, Grace, Grace is gay. So <laughs> <laughs> The face Grace made at me when she said that was nice. Yeah. And it is Pride Month still. We're catching you on the very tail end here. But... As Kayla said in one of the last episodes, we very much care about Pride, but it's all year for us. So Mm -hmm. if we're ever like not making a big deal out of Pride Month, it's not because we don't care. We're just free love every day, baby. (laughs) And one thing I think is so important in my life is having had kind of queer icons, LGBTQ 
icons or celebrities or just public figures that I've been able to learn from and kind of follow as a queer person and see how I want to engage with my identity and that community as best I can. So I asked Phoebe and Kayla, Steph's not here, by the way. I don't know if you realize. (laughs) (laughs) It's the elephant in the room is that Stephanie is missing. Yeah, she's like literally probably in a hot spring as we speak. Yes, she's in a hot spring, probably smoking a joint, looking at the sky and not thinking about recording at all. (laughs) Or Pride Month. But I asked Kayla and Phoebe to think about who like a queer celebrity or icon that they like is, are. What do you guys think? Yeah, I did it. Me too. I'm ready to tell you two of mine. Okay, Kayla. Okay, well, I was having a hard time and I was going through all my favorite queer comedians and I was just like, I feel like I've already talked about all these people on the podcast. For example, Sean Hayes, Fortune Feimster. I was going to do a Sean Hayes, Megan Mullally duo one. However, I was started reading like, because I read that Megan Mullally said she considered herself bi, but then later in an interview, she walked back on that. Anyway, that was a fun rabbit hole. But my first one is the first queer person in media I probably ever latched onto as a kid, and that is Rosie O'Donnell. I was so hoping you were going to talk about Rosie O'Donnell. Really? Yeah, it's who I thought of immediately for you. Oh my God, that's great, because it took me a while to figure it out that that's what I wanted to say. <laughs> Zach is the one who was like, who was the first... Who was the first one? And it's Rosie. I loved Rosie as a kid. She had her talk show and I was a big fan of her talk show at about age eight. We had a Rosie O'Donnell doll in the house. I named my hamster Rosie O'Donnell. And, oh my God, yes. Um, she probably like was one of the first like out women in public who I was aware of and knew about and loved so much. So she got her start on Star Search. I don't know if you know that. In 1984. I'm guessing she was doing stand-up. But anyway, she's been a super long-term outspoken advocate for lesbian rights and gay adoption issues. She's a foster mother, an adoptive mother. She was named the Advocate Magazine's 2002 Person of the Year. And in 2003, she became a regular contributor to the magazine. She continues to be a television producer and a collaborative partner in the LGBT family vacation company, Our Family Vacations. I don't know what that is. Cute. But yeah, love Rosie. She was in the Harriet the Spy as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And A League of Their Own. A League of Their Own. I was just going to say that. Harriet the Spy. I loved that when I was little. And she was like the ultimate, like non-parental parent figure. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that kind of mentor or person that you could go to with anything in that movie. So she always symbolized that for me, definitely. Yeah. And I had a long stint as a nanny in my early 20s that so many good nanny role models and her character in that movie is one of them. And knowing she's a foster mom in real life just touches my heart even more. So yeah, that's my first one. My second one is Evie from Pokemon. You're gonna have to tell me more because I don't know anything about Pokemon. Oh my God, what? (laughs) Kayla, I don't know about this theory. There's an inside joke in the Pokemon queer crossover community that if Evie was your favorite Pokemon growing up, that you ended up figuring out you were queer. 
And I would say there's a 98% uh, success rate with that is what I would estimate. So, well, I I feel like maybe you're going to go into this. I was going to (laughs) say, so talking to someone who knows nothing about Pokemon, explain to me who Eevee is. I just see a little animal thing with big ears. A cute little animal with big ears. She's arguably... I assume the pride colors, though, aren't part of the game. That's... No. So Phoebe... Yeah. You're not helping... Kaylee, you're not helping me. Well, I'm trying to talk. (laughs) Evie has a ton of different evolutions. So most most Pokemon can only evolve into one or maybe two different other kinds of Pokemon when they evolve. But Evie has... Is it five? It has expanded over the years, so I'm not even sure anymore how many Pokemon she can evolve into or, or it can evolve into. There's Jolteon, Flareon, Leafeon, Umbreon. Oh, shit. Shit. Do you have them in front of, in front? Oh, God. But I have the water one, (laughs) Vaporeon. Yep. And the other psychic one, Sylveon. Good job, Grace. I'm just going to tell you you got them all, but I'm not really sure. Okay. But something fun about Eevee is that even though it has a very like feminine looking appearance, there's actually percentages in the Pokemon world of how of your chance of being female. And for Eevees, it's only 12%. So about oh. 88% of Eevees are are boys or non-binary Eevees. And then <laughs> but the majority of Pokemon have a 50-50 gender ratio, and some Pokemon are even genderless, but Eevee is like a very feminine looking masculine Pokemon. So anyway, I think that's wonderful. Oh my God. A spectrum of Eevees. Yeah. Just because a Pokemon looks a certain gender doesn't mean they are that gender. Alas, Eevee's awesome. I fucking Mm -hmm. love Eevee. And like a lot of queer people have kind of embraced Eevee as a uh, queer icon. I have an Eevee toy. Jeff got it for me. I don't know where it is. Anyway. So it tracks. It tracks. It always tracks. That's the fun part. <laughs> Happy Pride, Eevee, and Pokemon. Phoebe, who are your queer icons? So the ones I landed on to talk about, uh, my main one is Jonathan Van Ness, JVN, from Queer mm. Eye. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I love all the guys on Queer Eye. I watch a lot of reality TV, so I just decided to go in that world. And Jonathan is my favorite. Of the Fab Five. That's what they call themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Jonathan is non-binary, uses all pronouns, he, she, them. And Jonathan, I mean, it's like some of this could go for all of those guys, but Jonathan really has the just the way he is with people. I feel like Jonathan conducts themselves like in all of the qualities I think are the most important and strive for, which is like, you know, to treat everyone with kindness, to be positive. I love that he really cares about like his skin and his beauty, but it's like his own definition of beauty. And during COVID lockdown, I definitely was, I got much more involved, like following like influencers and celebrities active on Instagram because I was just home all the time. And he was just always someone that made me feel happier for the world and like more. Mm-hmm. I feel like he sort of inspired me, especially because during like lockdown, I went for the like, you know, I was in the I'm never wearing a bra again, sweatpants every day. And I do think it sort of did change me into being someone that dresses comfortably. But coming out, I realized like, oh, wait, no, I do act- want to be cute and dress up. And I think like Jonathan really inspired me 
to the way Jonathan just expresses themselves so freely wearing dresses and pants and heels and makeup, has a beard. Like, it's just very, I don't know. He just always feels very unique to himself. They also are so incredible in terms of, like, body positivity. And Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed seeing her doing gymnastics. That's what I was going to say. And ice skating. (laughs) Yes, the ice skating. But I, like, cried the first time Jonathan landed, like, a flip. I don't even know the term. In gymnastics (laughs) down the thing. (laughs) Because I'd been watching his videos like every week of him like getting better and better and then they landed it. And yeah, it just made me happy. So JVN's my big shout out. And then my other one is Mal currently on Real Tomato because I'm obsessed. All things Mal. I was just listening to another podcast that was like, make Mal the host. They (laughs) are the show of Mal. Make Mal the host. Mal there. (laughs) They are by far... The hottest person on so that show. So hot and so I think nice. the hottest person on MTV, but also just, you know, <laughs> while not perfect, because perfect's not appealing. Wait, I said MTV. The yeah. hottest person on Netflix is what I meant, but I'll include MTV. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, including MTV. The way Mel conducts themselves is just, I feel it's like very, you know, and I love that there's not, like I said, it's not in this way that feels so perfect or polished. Like you can see the like struggles in Mal and the things that they're working on. But yeah, I mostly just have the hots and was literally watching the reunion right before we recorded. So did we make sure to say uh, Mal's from Queer Love Ultimatum? Oh, whoops. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should watch Queer Love Ultimatum or just look up Mal on the Internet and drool at a picture. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, happy pride, Phoebe. Thank you. And my two icons, I was thinking of going a few ways. And at first I was thinking about celebrities, but then I decided to go with like people kind of like with JVN, like people that I have followed on Instagram and on social media in general for a really long time and who through whose work I have learned so much. And I think like they have helped me become a better person. I'd like to think that I've been able to take some of the things that I've learned from the way. So the first person I want to shout out is Alok Menon, who is a internationally acclaimed author, poet, comedian, and speaker. For the sake of time, I'm kind of just going to read their bio. Oh, I know this person. I've seen them all over the internet. Yeah. As a mixed-media artist, their work explores themes of trauma, belonging, and the human condition. They are the author of Feminine Public, Beyond the Gender Binary, and Your Wound Slash My Garden, and the creator of Hashtag De-Gender Fashion, an initiative to de-gender fashion and beauty industries. In recognition of their work, they have been honored as the inaugural LGBTQ scholar in residence at the University of Pennsylvania and awarded a GLAAD Media Award and Stonewall Foundation Visionary Award. After Over the past decade, they have toured in more than 40 countries. Basically, they're wonderful. They have been really vocal about, even though they're trans, embracing their body hair specifically and their facial hair. And they wear incredibly audacious clothes, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. just beautiful, bright clothing, like really funky. 
like anything that you would ever be afraid to wear because it was too much, they wear it in public with such utter confidence and joy that it is impossible not to look at them wearing anything and not think like, wow, they look incredible. Yeah. They and talk about having a signature look, a signature Mm -hmm. look. Absolutely. They're an academic, but they're also a poet and believe in anyone being able to access queer identity. And I don't know, just like all about personal liberty, like literally like freeing your mind and freeing yourself to be exactly who you are at every given moment. So they're wonderful. They started out being a slam poet with a group. I think they were called Dark Matter. Anyway, they toured at my college and I read some of their poetry and it was so fucking incredible. And I think they're about my age. So they must have been like also just in college or not in college, but around that age. Anyway, go check them out. They're A-L-O-K, A-L-O-K, V, Menon, M-E-N-O-N on Instagram. And the other person is Erica Hart. Their name is spelled E-R-I-C-K-A-H-A-R-T. Erica is a Black queer femme activist writer and highly acclaimed speaker and award-winning sexuality educator with a master's of education in human sexuality. Erica's work Mm -hmm. broke ground when she went topless showing her double mastectomy scars in public in 2016. Since then, she has been in demand at colleges and universities across the country, featured in countless digital and print publications, including like a whole bunch of shit. And for a while, they taught at Columbia, but Columbia fucked up and they no longer teach there. But in terms of human sexuality and gender politics, and then also just race politics in general, they have taught me so much. They have a podcast with their partner, Ebony, called Hood Rat to Head Rap, a decolonized podcast. A decolonized podcast for lovers on the margins. Join your resident sexuality educator, Erica Hart, and Deep East Oakland's very own Ebony Donnelly. And as a white person, many times it has been a hard listen for me, just really confronting the way things are and my role as an oppressor Mm -hmm in my life just because of the way I was born and raised. So, but anyways, it's a good read. Um, Following them on Instagram is a huge recommendation for me. They're I Heart Erica. So I-H-A-R-T Erica E-R-I-C-K-A. And they recently had a baby and they were the one that inspired me to insist that I get a breast scan at a young age because they were diagnosed with breast cancer when they were 28. And it turns out that there was a reason for them to take a look. I'm okay. I'm cancer-free, but there was a reason for them to take a look. So you know what? There you go. Thank you, Erica. And these are both trans queer people of color. And yeah, happy Pride Month. Happy Pride and thank you, Grace. I now follow two new people on Instagram. <laughs> Yay. And I'm going to go watch some JVN gymnastics yes. videos on Instagram. Oh, we'll post some when this comes out. That'll be fun. 
So thanks for hanging in there for this extra (laughs) fun, extra long episode of Stoner Chicks. Pride month never ends. Pride month never ends. Pride all year. Pride all year. Oh, it's me. So yeah, you know what? (laughs) That's the end of our episode. We've gone long, but you can never get enough of us. So go ahead and (laughs) even though earlier I said we had to escape. No, no. (laughs) Self-confidence. That's what we've learned from these people. Yeah. You can't say there's no love you without an I first. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) You can't say there's no I love you without an I first. first. So you have to love yourself first. So yes, follow us on. You want to hear me talk more, right? So why don't you go to Patreon? And you can, for just $3 a month, you can get these episodes a little bit earlier and a whole other episode a month. And then you can pay more than $3 a month at several different choices and get more episodes, get stuff we make like friendship bracelets. You can buy t-shirts. You can hang out with us every month on a Zoom call where we smoke weed and talk to people all over the country. And Kayla, remind me, how do you find us on... And Canada. And Canada, you're right. How do we find us on Patreon? Why can't I get it? It's the easiest. It's just patreon.com slash stonerchicks. It's hard because some things are stonerchicks, some things are stonerchicks podcast, but it's all in our link tree, which is in our Instagram bio and our Twitter bio and our Facebook bio. And on Instagram, we're stonerchicks podcast. And on TikTok, we're broccoli bra. Of course. Yes. It's so many different things at Gmail. We're Stoner Chicks Podcast, and you can write Stephanie High Thoughts. And if you just want to write me some mail, ask us a question or maybe a pretty postcard, it's P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. Also, you should rate and review us because that's how podcast game works. You do it, and then it's better for us, and we ask you, and then you do it. And if you review us on Apple, we'll read it. Oh, we have one. Oh, my God. Oh, we have good. See, pride never ends. I didn't even know we had a new one. (laughs) Kayla, you kept that a good secret. We've also been like on the comedy charts in Botswana for months now. (laughs) (laughs) Usually we'll like hop on a chart and then hop off, hop on a chart, hop off. But Botswana is loving us. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Botswana, what's up? What's what up, up Botswana? Botswana? <laughs> Shout out. Okay. I the, think that's episode title. <laughs> <laughs> this title of this review is Stoner Chicks are the bomb emoji fire emoji from Sweet Tea in AK. And they said the Stoner Chicks are now my BFF. And this podcast has almost ruined me for all other podcasts. Oh. Love this podcast. Oh. SYW, which we know means smoke your weed, green heart. Oh. Oh my God. Thank you. That's thank so you so nice. much. My heart's really, real happy full. And they gave us five stars. <laughs> so be just like that person and or do go that to for us. Spotify. Yeah, you could do that. And give us five stars there. We don't really want less than five stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ask, please no. <laughs> if that's how you feel, then we you don't need to take the time to review us. Well, hey, I have a question for Grace. What the heck so do stoners always say? I'm zooped as heck. (laughs) Smoke your weed. Bye.